Ecclesiastes 3, 5. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Oh my goodness, if there was ever a scripture that was written for 2020, it is right there. I mean, this has been a time where we're not allowed to embrace. And I don't know about you, but I've gone through withdrawal symptoms this year. I mean, I grew up hearing jokes about my family. Everyone would say the Gisbys, if it moves, the Gisbys will hug it. And I definitely picked up on that. I'm a very touchy-feely person. And in this year, when you meet with somebody, you just don't know whether or not you, you, know, you can go in for a hug. We certainly can't at the moment. Or whether all you can do is like an air high five, an elbow bump, or, or, or do you, who remembers the Wuhan shake that we had to do? There was the, you just aren't allowed to embrace. And um, I found this really funny story from December 2019 BC, before COVID, of a lady called Mary. Uh, she's a blogger. Her name was Mary Backstrom. And she talked about being in a petrol station in Florida, going into the, into the service station. The lady at the checkout in front of her had a few different bits and pieces that she wanted to buy. And so she thought, hey, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. I know what I'll do. I'll pay it forward. And so she said, don't worry about paying for your, for your goods, madam. I will happily pay them for you. And she left the store feeling Christmassy, feeling magical, feeling happy about what she had done and went outside to find that someone, a, a gentleman, was cleaning the windscreen of her car. So with glee on her face, she goes up to the man and she embraces him and says, I just love this time of year so much. Who would have thought that a complete stranger would come and clean my windscreen? To which the man looked at her really bemused as she looked and realized in horror that the man was simply cleaning his own windscreen in the car in front of her car. Because there is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And here we have the critic. Again, remember, Ecclesiastes is this beautiful piece of Jewish satire. In fact, the name of Ecclesiastes in Hebrew, Kolotheth, basically means, is the word that we get for a debate. So he's presenting himself as a debater. He's putting forward questions. Why? Because questions cause us to come to reality of the truth by ourselves. If you only ever get fed the answers, you will never have to learn and peel away the layers for yourself. Notice that Jesus asks question after question after question. Yes, he is the answer, but he is also the question. He doesn't ask us questions for information. He asks us questions for revelation and he invites us into this debate, this two-way debate between the critic and the author. And we find him at this point saying there's a moment when it is fine to embrace and there's a moment where you want to refrain from doing that. Now, of course, he could be talking about just the natural idea of, of an, an embrace. In fact, that script, the way that that word is used in Hebrew is often used as an embrace. Genesis 48 verse 10, we see Jacob, he embraces Joseph. Song of Solomon 2 verse 6 talks about the lovers embracing and it uses this word. But interestingly in Ecclesiastes, the only other time when the critic uses this word is in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 5 and he uses it in this way. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. And this term, the term in Hebrew here, the term is kavak. 
and it can mean literally to fold your arms. Like when you fold your arms and you're just like, well, I'm not doing that, I don't care. And so there are a lot of scholars that believe that the critic is actually saying here that there is a time when you step away from activity, where you decide I'm not gonna participate in that activity. And then there are other times where you loosen your arms, you unfold your arms, you outstretch your arms so that you can be involved in the answer and involved in the change. So in many ways, the writer here is really talking about empathy and apathy. It's talking about whether or not we will step up and do something or whether it's a time where we actually stand back and say, you know what, this is not my battle. This is not my fight. And we live in a time where we are bombarded by information, the media, social media is constantly feeding us with these ideas. There is another, an, another crisis happening somewhere, another war breaking out, conflict in the streets. Over and over again, we are fed with these images. And so there are two natural responses in the human condition. One is I become afraid and I think that it's encroaching in on me. And the other is that I become apathetic because, well, what difference can I make about it? And so we become stingy with who we are. We hold everything tightly and we become tight-fisted and stinginess will always create more fear within us. I believe that the pandemic that is raging around the world right now that is the most dangerous pandemic that we face is a pandemic of fear and of apathy. The Holocaust survivor and writer Elie Wiesel said this, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness, it's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy, it's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. We live in a time where we need to choose, are we gonna be indifferent to the situation? Are we gonna really believe that, well, little old me, what can I possibly do? Well, if the eight billion people around the world refused to believe that it was just little old me and actually stood up and decided to do something, we would see amazing change happen. The Body Shop founder, Anita Roddick, famously said, if you think you're too small to have an impact, try going to bed with a mosquito in the room. None of us are too small to make a difference. Our God loves to use the small to make huge differences, to take the loaves and the fish to feed the multitude. So whatever you've got in your hands right now, if we live a life that is liberal, where we pour it out, amazing things happen. Proverbs 11:24 says, one person gives freely, yet gains far more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. 2,000 years ago, Jesus allowed his arms to become unfolded and outstretched as he hung on a cross on Golgotha Hill, his blood dripping into the ground. And as he gave everything in that ultimate act of generosity, that ultimate act of sacrifice, the Bible says he received a name above every other name. He received the nations as an inheritance and received the favor of his father. We are called to surrender everything on the altar of sacrifice. And as we do that, God moves us into an expansive place where life is more than what we have in our bank accounts and in our cupboards. And we actually become a channel whereby God can, as he promised Abraham, bless the nations of the earth. So where's God saying, unfold your hands today? Where is he saying, open up? Where is he saying, pour out today? Could this be a time where God wants to use you greatly? God bless you.